Welcome to the Inspired by Jacqueline podcast, a refreshing place for women struggling with entrepreneurship, faith, or infertility. Stay tuned for today's episode. everyone welcome i am again excited today i have vanessa coppis the founder of bella media editor of bella magazine and the co-founder of ett women did i say your name right oh my god you're like the first person to say it right on the first attempt so thank you for that (laughs) yes 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 i'm very conscious of names i do butcher names sometimes And people show me love. So I'm glad that I said it correctly. Thank you. (laughs) So Vanessa, welcome to Inspired by Jacqueline. I know you have like 300 pages of stuff that you do. So (laughs) do you want to add anything Um, else? Aside from everything, first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity for having me here on your Uh, podcast. It's always, I'm always grateful for the opportunity to share in any way that anybody sees anything that I've done in my career as, you know, something that others can learn from. I'm always just humbled and grateful for the opportunity. But to add to that, I mean, I am a wife and a mom and, you know, CEO, wife, mom, entrepreneur, all those things, sometimes they don't have a specific particular order, but that's the dance that entrepreneurship comes along with it. And so does motherhood. And I'm happy to play the parts whenever I'm needed. So thank you for having me. So you opened up amazing because my next question follows up as to why entrepreneurship and have you been an entrepreneur your entire life or tell me a little bit about that. So interestingly enough, I had this conversation just a few days ago. I've always had a side hustle. My parents divorced when I was very young. We lived in Ohio for several years, and then we went back to the DR and lived there. And from the moment my mother started sending me at the time, New Kids on the Block was like all the rage. I remember telling her, she was, I said to her, you know, can you send me some stickers or some pins and some t-shirts? And I started selling them at recess to my classmates. And I remember telling her, you know, this is a way for me to make some extra money and for me to make my my lunch money. And she would keep sending me stickers and pins and I would sell them. And that kind of sparked this idea. Okay, so if I sell something, I can have some cash and that cash is all mine. And I have like independence and autonomy about what I do with that. I think I kind of like that. But my father was an entrepreneur. My mother has always been an entrepreneur. Both of my brothers have, you know, done something in some way, shape or form where they were independently, uh, you know, employed. And I think that's like a Latin culture kind of norm where we, aside from, you know, a nine to five, we always have something that either we're passionate about or that we're doing to supplement income or to create, you know, something else. So to answer your question, I've always, I mean, I, I could say my entrepreneurial journey began at the age of 12 (laughs) in a sense yes 
And why Bella? Bella was something that I stumbled upon. You know, a lot of people ask me, you know, was this my dream? And to a certain extent, yes. I remember when I was in high school, my best friend and I were just sitting in math class and we were talking about like our future. Where would, you know, we envisioned ourselves in the future. And she, I knew she was going to say law. She was always very vocal about having opinions and defending others. So I knew she would have something to do with in the law industry or something. And I remember saying to her, you know, as clear as, as water, I, I just say, I, well, I know I'm not going to live here. I just see myself writing for a magazine in New York City. And I could see that vision in my head so vividly at that time. You know, I was like in a New York City high rise looking out my window. There was like the purple and orange hues of the new Manhattan skyline. And I was just typing away. And, you know, as life would have it, it took some turns and some twists. And I ended up contributing at first for Bella Magazine at the time. My son had just turned three. And to backtrack a little bit, I was already blogging. Blogging has has become a way for me to deal uh, with postpartum depression. I went back to writing. I've been writing and journaling and writing poetry since I was a very young girl and encouraged by my language arts teachers to pursue my writing uh, because they said, you know, I was good. You have a voice. You have a way of, of sharing your emotions and sharing other people's stories. So I kept at it and blogging became my outlet at the time when I was dealing with postpartum as just, you know, to share with other mothers things that they may be going through with their first child. I was in a new country by myself, you know, feeling very isolated and the internet, lo and behold, blogging became kind of like that outlet in social media. So because I had had experience doing that, when I connected with the previous owners at Bella, they brought me in as their blogging director, right? Mm -hmm. So I began to build all of the websites that Bella used at the time. And I became then, you know, as a more formal role, the digital marketing director. Then I was moved to the marketing director. And then in 2019, mind you, all those years of doing every aspect of the publication, whether it was writing, covering an event, photography, videography, like I've done it all. When they decided to sell, I jumped at the opportunity simply because I had not fulfilled the dream of also launching the Spanish version of the publication. Mm. I wanted to pursue that. So that's why Bella, I I knew it. I knew it well. I was, you know, had the relationships, had the connections, had been working in it already for almost eight years. So it it just made sense to to continue. Awesome. Awesome. I am sure as a entrepreneur myself that has gone through struggles within the last 25 years, discuss struggles that you've encountered and what you wish someone told you and prepared you for? That's a great question. And I think that we're always in the entrepreneurial journey, uh, trying to like figure out what's the perfect formula to, you know, to become successful or to accomplish a goal without, you know, my thing is just, I know, like, I know you have done so well also is sharing the struggles online. I, Mm -hmm. I share with other people things that I have gone through circumstances that to be able to save them time. So I wish I had had someone in my course telling me, yeah, don't do that. Use this credit card processing machine. Don't start, don't, you know, don't put all your eggs in that one basket because it is very challenging. And, you know, I think we've all heard it. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You have to have a very, very thick skin and will and determination to see this through because 
when I specifically, when I purchased Bella, eight months later, the pandemic happened. And had you told me I had a crystal ball to look into the future, was that the best financial decision at the moment, you know, a lot of people would have would have agreed and said no. And had I known, you know, what was coming, I would have probably made different decisions. And then I think about that. And then I say, I probably wouldn't have because I wouldn't have pursued or seen through all of these other goals that I had set for myself. But in the struggles, in the failures, in the going through it with an incredibly supportive team that I've built over, you know, years, is what has sustained us and keeps us here. You know, we aren't all the other major publications that have, you know, astronomical budgets. Like it's literally me and my husband who own this company. And he's continued to like, you know, allowed me to fuel my dreams and been very supportive with all of that. But uh, I've relied on an incredible staff that has dedicated their, themselves also to the work that we do through these publications. But the struggles come in waves. They come at different times of the year, depending on the season, depending on what's going on in the world. I mean, we would remiss not to say there's things going on worldwide that have affected how we produce content. You know, we can't yeah. be over here celebrating and party, partying without acknowledging the reality that is going on on the other side of the world. And, yeah. you know, when we when i took this on to to share other people's stories and journeys and even highlight celebrities in the process they help us sell publications i'm in the dr by the way as we're recording this podcast oh, i was like okay bring it on <laughs> and i'm sitting here at my mom's house and just so everyone knows that you may have some issues editing that background music that was just the car that drove by but, you know, we would be remiss to not uh, take into account what's going on uh, in the world uh, to produce the news that we do. You know, we're not a hard news outlet, so you're not going to be hearing about what's happening, you know, in the other side of the world every day from us. But in every way, shape or form, it does affect our purchasing decisions. It affects how we behave. So that also affects how we produce the content that we produce. So the challenges have been there was just, you know, continuing to try to keep a level head amidst what's happening in the world and also personal challenges and personal struggles that we may be all going through and to keep, you know, moving forward. So to answer your question in a very long-winded way, I wish I would have had like a little, you know, we all, I think we always have that angel and that devil, right? Just kind of like that one voice, don't do this, be careful, don't be so trusting. I yeah. wish if somebody would have said that to me. So with that said, what would you, one or two things that you would share with someone who's listening right now as to how to handle a struggle or situation? And one thing that I will say before I forget is yes. you mentioned something in reference to it happens in waves. And yes. that's something that I would notate immediately. Yeah. It, it's not like, oh, I conquered this and that's it. No, yeah. it's life. Yeah. Yeah. It comes and goes and you have some really high highs and then you have some really low lows and then you have, you're kind of cruising and then you hit that, you know, a summit again, and then you hit the lows. But to go back to your question, and I'm sorry, I'm just trying to like, got to say precisely like what I want to say. I heard this a very long time ago and it, and it, and it seems kind of like romantic to even address it in that, that way. But entrepreneurship for me has become a lesson in personal development. And if you think that one is disconnected from the other, then you're going about it 
honestly the wrong way. I always say, you know, if somebody tells you that entrepreneurship is easy, they're lying to you because it's not, it, it, it just isn't. It looks glamorous. Um, and, and if you're really paying attention to people who are really killing it, you know, the girl from Spanx, she's one that has shared in every outlet out there, you know, how challenging it was. Uh, Jamie Kern Lima, who the founder of It Cosmetics, someone who I follow closely, who I believe is a truth teller because she's giving you the, the down and the dirty of the back end of that, you know, L'Oreal contract. Like it wasn't like it just happened overnight. And how many nights, you know, companies have been in the red, right? And just like, oh my God, that client hasn't paid the bill and we can't do X, Y, Z because we're still waiting on funds. And, you know, it comes in waves, just like you said, like life. And you have to hold on. I think what my biggest piece of advice would be to find your trusted board of directors. It could be your partner. I happen to have a, a husband that works in a completely different industry than I do. And I use him as a sounding board. He manages teams of 400, 500 employees. And He's got something that he's been doing that for a very long time. And, you know, I feel like he has something important to share with me when I, when it comes with me dealing with, whether it's a client or one of my own team members, like I'm, I'm dealing with this challenge. How would you handle this? And he's given me some sound advice. I always say your girlfriends from high school, from college are not the people you go to for business advice. No. They have no idea what you're doing. They don't, and quite honestly, they don't care. And, and I don't say that in a way to be like, they obviously they care, but speak to someone in, whether it's in your industry or who's also building something who can really give you some sound advice. That's something that I've taken that to task with me. Like I've really found, and it isn't a big circle. I'm talking to three people who mm -hmm. you can really count on and rely on when you need to vent, when you need to gain some perspective about a challenge that you're going through that can give you sound advice. You can't, I think it was Tamsin Fidel the other day who shared in her own social media, she said, don't take people advice from people who aren't doing anything with their lives. Like mm -hmm. they may be important to you because they're a good friend or they're a close friend, but if they have a nine to five and they're happy and they are comfortable with where they're at and you're the one building you know, your empire or your business or taking on multiple jobs to help fund that dream, that is not your best choice. No, of, they're not going to understand. Yeah, because they really understand. can't understand and they really won't be able to offer anything but what they know. And that's not, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Just rely on people who have, there's so many networking organizations, there's groups, there's masterminds, there's, and generally CEOs of other companies who are willing to just give you their time. That's something that I've had the opportunity of doing over the years is, you know, if I've connected with someone who I resonated with, or I connected with, you know, I would say, can we, would you mind having a virtual coffee? This is so easy to do just, you know, 15 mm -hmm. minutes of your time, just so I can maybe gain some insight about you know, where I'm headed because I feel like to have hit a wall and I can't get over that. But yeah, don't. No, that, that's awesome. And your, your high school BFF ain't the place to go. <laughs> no, no. And one thing that I share and I would like your view on it is yeah. I, I have this perspective of what's important today may not have yeah. been important yesterday and yeah. it may not be important tomorrow. And yeah. I share that because like you said, we get things in waves. So yeah. our lives moves in waves yeah. and our lives have to reallocate yeah. and, and shift 
And we have to shift our mindset and our whole thought process so that we don't lose our minds. A hundred percent. And if you were, I always say, if you were to look up the definition of the word resilience, Mm. I always say you're going to find my picture and you're going to (laughs) find an entrepreneur's picture right next to it because you have to adapt. And sometimes that adaptation happens in seconds. It's a decision that you have to make in minutes. And it's, you know, even just today, I went into a client meeting thinking that it was going to go one way and it went completely the different, you know, in a different direction and you have to just adapt and continue to figure it out. So like I said, not for the faint of heart, not for everybody, because if it was this easy, everybody would be doing it. Exactly. Um, And I know that that may sound repetitive because I'm sure you've heard that before from someone else, but it's the truth. It's It's the the truth truth. for sure. (laughs) And then how does faith fall into all of this for you? I am a blind faith a believer. I have been for, you know, most of my adult life. And especially when it comes to business building and connection and and community and just decision making, it's something that has served me well. Uh, I pray over my projects. I, I, I pray over the things that I, you know, would like to do. But then I come back and say, okay, is this what I should be doing? Is this what is the right next step. And I allow myself to be guided in that way. I've been living in that, in that way for many years. And some people find it crazy. Some people think it's woo woo magic. I happen to believe, you know, they, for because of things that have happened in my life and the way that they've manifested and how they've shown up, I firmly believe that there is an outer force guiding us and we just have to tune in and listen. And I'd like to believe that that's what, you know, especially over the past four and a half, almost five years of Bella is what we've created is a space where, you know, we've also tapped into other people's dreams and they've been able to manifest projects and things that they've been wanting to do through something that we've created. So firm believer, I wake up every morning to pray and to write my, you know, my goal of the day and, and to do the work because it can't just be something that you're thinking about and praying about without action. I'd like to think that I also put, you know, action behind those visions and those goals and those dreams so that they come to fruition. And again, it's always with, if that's what you want for me to be doing, if this is the right next step. And if the, if this is an in service of, you know, the greater good. So yeah. yeah. And I will say that I am a testimony to that manifestation uh-huh. because, yes. you know, being on your platform uh-huh. and being a Bella partner, it's been rewarding for me. Uh-huh. I understand what you mean in reference to analyzing everything, making sure what's for you, what's not, what makes sense, what doesn't, trusting that gut feeling. And for me, I had a whole new platform that was born. Yeah. And I was like, okay, God, just lead me. Yeah. And I was led by faith and I came across Bella Media and the whole Bella family. Oh, thank you. That (laughs) means a lot. Because (laughs) I I feel like I am appreciated and that led me to connect with you on a different level and partner with you and showcase my journey and my new platform which was a goal that I thought was something small and it's now something beyond my dreams right now. I'm so happy 
for you. And, 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 you know, and a lot of the times it's even more exciting to just kind of like be in the room and be a part of it. And that's cheering you on because I've seen you, you know, from when we met to the evolution that you've accomplished to this day. It's just been such a beautiful journey to and to be a part of it is just, again, you know, because that's what we're supposed to be doing for each other. It's just, you right. know, how can we elevate? How can we make this right. bigger? How can we make it better? So right. uh, grateful for you as that as on that as well. So yeah, and so <laughs> I share with everyone who's listening that you know your gut feeling will never lead you wrong, 100%. whether it's something good or bad. So yeah. definitely, you know, trusting that gut feeling, that faith to me is so important. And so what comes out of it is how you listen how you tune in and how you take action, right? Yeah. And so I'm really excited about that. So now shifting over gears, I'm gonna ask you a, a spontaneous question that I ask all of my guests. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Just one. I mean, honestly, I sometimes will say is like the ability to just multiply myself and be able to be in three places at one time. Not because I think that I can do it better than anybody else. I think that's the little control freak in me that I delegate and I have gotten very good at that over the years. But I also get FOMO from not being, you know, you know, in, in places where not because my presence is, is needed, but I just want to sometimes you just want to be in the room and be able to mm -hmm. like celebrate. But, you know, I also have learned that I can't be. <laughs> and so you kind of just, you know, all right, I have this person here and this person there and they can, you know, bring this project together. And listen, as we're, I'm saying this realizing it even right now, I wouldn't be able to be here in the DR in this moment if I didn't have a capable team taking care of business while I'm not there. So that's it, you know, but it would help if I had yeah. three means. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree. I totally relate. So let's talk about team. You, yeah. you mentioned team, delegation, for me, it took me 10 years to find the right team Yeah, and understanding my brand Yeah, because that's a representation of what you're putting out, all the energy that you're working yeah. hard to build this platform and that you want a team that understands the hard work, what you're invested, what they're invested, yeah. what the expectations are. So tell me about how long it took you and how does it shift and shuffle sometimes because you know, there's, woo. <laughs> yeah, there's changes and, and there are people who outgrow, you know, yeah. what you're doing and you outgrow people. So when it comes to Bella, I inherited 99.9% .9 of the team. So it wasn't a team necessarily that I had chosen. It was a staff that was in place uh, when I purchased it. And thankfully, 99.9 .9 of those people stayed, right? Like they wanted to stay. They wanted to give it a shot. Over the years, it has changed and it has uh, shifted a little bit, but the core team has remained the same. And I, I think I would attest that to the fact that I guess when I was a, an educator, you know, professional education was also very important. Like I met with my supervisors cons consistently. Uh, I was trained uh, in my own field, like continuing education was a part of ev the everyday conversation. Uh, my classes were 
supervise, but not in a way to uh, shun me, in a way to improve. Okay, so you did this. What can you improve upon doing that? And when I when I took my team on, you know, I had one-on-ones with each of them. And my questions were, well, what are your goals? Where do you see yourself in five years? How do you, how does Bella fit into that vision for you? Because I also needed to know, you know, is this a group of people that I can rely on to grow with, or am I going to have to find a new group of mm-hmm. people? And like I said, you know, thankfully the core group has remained uh, the same and I've been able to scale Bella in ways that, again, I could have only dreamed of, you know, five years ago, but it has to do with their level of commitment also to the bigger picture at hand. It isn't one-sided. I don't make decisions, you know, like what I don't make one-sided decisions and I'm not on a power trip. Like this is not about fulfilling Vanessa's visions. This is, we have an editorial meeting. What is happening? What do you want to cover? What do you think you, we should be talking about um, when it comes to fashion? You know, one of the biggest changes that we made over the years was uh, being extremely inclusive when it, when it came to the LGBTQ plus community, because I was like, okay, but pride doesn't just happen one month a year. Someone who is gay, lesbian, or bi, is that that way every day of their lives? Mm -hmm. So we can't just have this conversation one time a year. So we need to make sure that it is included across the board in every issue. And that was like one of the biggest changes that that we made starting there. So it, the change starts from within. And I feel like the team just felt part of those conversations. So mm-hmm. they also felt invested that they were being taken into account and that their opinions and their thoughts and their ideas were being also executed. That's on the Bella side, on the ETT women's side. And you know Lynette and you know Lynette very well. It took us a minute to get into a groove of, you know, how we would conduct, how we would direct this community because we we were we we're both very different people. However, we're very passionate about the one goal of just pouring into other women mm. and um, being of service to other women in their own entrepreneurial journey. So that one dream goal vision ha- is what has kept you know has kept us together as a true partnership for many years. But we bumped heads many, many times, sometimes on a weekly, daily basis for a while in the beginning, because she wanted to do things one way. I wanted to do things another way. She was completely adamant about not ever being on social media. And I'm like, this is what I do for a living. What are you saying? You can't be, you don't want to be on, what is this? What do you mean you don't want to be on Facebook? You have to be on Facebook. So it took us a while to just find our groove. And again, you know, now we're celebrating 12 years of that partnership and we've created such a beautiful community that supports a lot of the work that I do through Bella also. So it's just like any relationship, it's a two-way street. And my team knows that they can come to me with an opinion and they're not going to be like shunned for it. It's okay. Let's take that into consideration. How can we put that into effect for the upcoming issue? Or that's an important topic that we should totally be covering. How can we make that you know, a part of whatever it is that we're working on. So, but it, I, couldn't awesome. do it, I couldn't do it without them. So I would be remiss to think that I'm like this lone ranger, you know, mm-hmm. making all of this magic happen, but it's not, you know, I have a, an incredible team that I count on every single day to get That's it done. awesome. And you have life, right? So you have your family and yeah. your children yeah. and everything like that. And, and it's like finding there's no true balance. So it's like maybe today might be 60% here, 40% there or opposite. 
So yeah. it's finding that balance in some yeah. form or fashion. So you mentioned something in reference to diversity. What do you think, in your opinion, are companies are are struggling with in trying to know how to handle diversity and inclusion? You know that that's it's a great question uh, because when we were going through the pandemic, it's one of the topics that I tried to like hit. hit head on from the get-go and i remember meeting with a branding and marketing coach and uh, one of the first things she said to us was don't do what everybody else is doing is making a statement start making conscious decisions about who you're hiring meaning that if you're going to talk about black people of color there has to be a person of color in the room who is sharing the experiences and going through whatever it is that you're talking about and how they're viewing fashion. I, I point this out because at the time we wanted to no normalize the conversation, but we dedicated an entire issue to people of color where every writer and every piece of content that we produce was done by a person of color. And that is how you begin to normalize and create change is by simply normalizing the conversation. Like it, it doesn't have to be this, okay, we're having a diversity and inclusion meeting today. It's literally about looking at your staff, looking at your, your group of people that you're making business decisions with and without, and are you taking their experiences into consideration? And I, you know, even when it came, and I mentioned this before about the LGBTQ plus community, I sit my team members down who are a part of that community and I say, how should we be addressing this? What should we really be focused on? What is the topic that you know your community is most concerned with? How can we add to the conversation? And what changes you know do you think that we can make? Because I can't be the one making that decision because I'm not. I, I don't feel the the effects of what they're going through. I can speak to my experience as a Latino woman because that mm -hmm. I live and breathe every single day. But, you know, even with what's going on in the world with, you know, we mentioned it briefly again, I can't speak to an experience that I haven't had. So therefore mm -hmm. I can't make those decisions for our community and then expect to be, you know, respected for it because it's just, it's, to me, it's tone deaf when you, when you're making decisions about a massive group of people without taking their experiences into account. So to answer your question mm -hmm. is you have to have someone with those experiences, lived experiences, to be able to, you know, voice an opinion and then you take action based on that. Thank you for sharing that. And and it's interesting you say that in reference to what you can talk about and not because part of my platform is about struggling with entrepreneurship, faith, or infertility. I mean, these are three pillars of my personal life. Yeah. And with regards to that is addressing directly, speaking directly to women, because yeah. I, as a woman, I went through these things and I can relate and speak more on it. Right. Yeah. If someone who's listening and reading and following, if they're able to comprehend based on what I'm sharing, then that's yeah. the plus. I'm communicating or getting to that larger mass of people based on, oh, okay, she's speaking directly to those people, but also to me. So yeah. what if two or three things that you feel our listeners should be taking away from this whole conversation today? Uh, a lot, <laughs> but you know, 
connection is number one. I feel like that's how you and I connected, you know, over a year ago. And, and we've expanded on that, like so find something that resonates with your soul and, and go with that because it won't lead you astray. We said, talk, uh, you know, listening to your gut and having faith and that those decisions are the decisions that sometimes they don't feel good, but you know, that that's the decision that you have to be to make. And I think the third thing I would say is resilience, you know, keep moving forward regardless of the challenges. I mean, I think we shared a lot of great tips on how to deal with the struggles because they will be there. They will be there um, every day. Sometimes, again, you may be coasting for a few weeks, but then something will hit and you got to brace for impact, right? And you got to know how to deal with it. But don't give up because as that saying goes, that nine, I always say 9.5 times out of 10, when you feel like you're about to just give up is when that that ounce, that second, mm -hmm. that little glimmer of hope that you held on to completely changes the dynamic of your situation because you didn't give up and you saw your dreams through. And to think that it's cruising and easy is the wrong perception and the wrong way to view this, but instead embracing it as a lesson in just you developing yourself in this, in this life and in this world and making your place in this world. Thank you for that. And then is there something that you would like to share that we didn't cover? You know, join us, connect. They can keep learning more about you, about Bella through bellamedia.co. And obviously, you know, a subscription to Bella is always a way of showing support to the content that we're creating and the, and the businesses that we highlight and the stories that we share. But that's really it. You know, looking forward to an incredible year ahead, as we always do. And more of this, right? More of community, yeah. more real passionate conversations about just building a life that has been worth living, you know, and leaving your mark in this world. Why yeah. subscription versus being in the newsstand? We now can reach directly to the consumer. I actually realized by being on the newsstands that we are competing with so many other options. And I feel like, you know, through subscription, people really, they want it. They're getting it in their homes. They are, and we can tailor the content then to the people who are consuming us. Cause that's what we get a lot of uh, feedback from our, our readers. And, you know, this issue, I loved it because you do more direct conversation with us as a publication and it has helped guide the content that we continue to produce in that way. Awesome. Thank you. And I will share in the show notes with your bio, but where can they find you? My personal website and, and Instagram, Vanessa Coppice. And if not, bellamedia.co across the board, Bella Mag, you can find us. I answer all of my messages. So you will be talking to me uh, if you decide to reach out. So yeah, I, I look forward awesome. to connecting with your listeners. Awesome. Well, thank you thank so much you. for being with us and for sharing all those thank insights. You so thank you so much for joining us in this episode with Vanessa. I had such an amazing time having a conversation with her and hope that you did too. Stay tuned for the next episode coming up shortly. And before you go, make sure to subscribe, follow, share, download, leave a message. Let me know what you thought about this particular episode and make sure to tune into the other episodes. Take care. <laughs>